Hey there, my name is KJ and welcome to My Transmasculine Life. I plan to post on the first of the month, every month, and for my run time to be no longer than 20 minutes. The first thing we need to get out of the way is the disclaimer. These are my own personal thoughts and views and they do not reflect the views of my employer, etc, etc. Next I want this podcast to remind you to follow your dreams relentlessly. At least that's what I'm doing here. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Um, this one is one that I've been procrastinating on um, on recording. It's actually the end of January right now and um, it's supposed to go live on February 1st. Um, this one's on my sexuality and I know that I've talked a lot about like my relational um, aspects um, of my life before. And so to specifically talk about sexuality has like without being redundant is something that I kind of struggled with um with planning out and um and figuring out what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it because like the the premise of this is um it has to do with being on testosterone and how your how my sexual orientation or my sexual um what is it desires um have come into play and um right now I identify as bisexual um more specifically um I I just uh embrace queer um and for 13 years I was um, in a relationship with a woman, so that that um, even though like I changed um, as far as my um, gender identity, um, we held on to the queer um, the queerness of our relationship, and I still think that no matter what gender I'm I'm uh in some sort of relationship with um I will always hold on to the fact that I'm queer because the um the stereotype is for folks who um are primarily into women um will get on the testosterone and then become suddenly attracted to men And by no means is that, like, completely accurate of my story, because, like, I I did a lot of repression of my sexual attraction to men in, in that I, um, I fantasized about sexual, like, fantasies with, um, involving men, but I was in a monogamous relationship and so that wasn't something that was um ever played out or um that ever uh manifested at that time so not only was i embarrassed about having these um these thoughts and um these this attraction um but i also didn't have an outlet for it um so that's kind of where um my current um 
situation with being um, non-monogamous um, really comes into play right now is that I'm getting to experiment and um, I'm getting to see what I like and what I don't like and um, and the things that um, that are exciting to me and the things that I'm like not enthusiastic about at all. And that's a, a part of, you know, getting to know yourself. But like when it comes to the the argument about testosterone making trans men gay is like it's not rooted in complete truth because like I once I became comfortable in my own masculinity was the time that I was able to embrace my feminine side. And because of that, my internalized homophobia started to melt away. And um, a lot of people that I know have have had similar experiences with, like, having some sort of internalized... Um, biases that were um, against who they were like if, if that makes any if, if, if that makes any sense to, to you um, like trans men completely rejecting femininity um, and then being able to live our truth, and having that as a um, an outlet, all of a sudden, so that's where I think the um, the anecdotal evidence of trans men um, understanding that they can have um, attractions to other men, like that's what it's more about. It's like it's not some. It's not more complicated than that. Now we don't have to contend with the stereotype that being gay is synonymous with being feminine, in which there's absolutely nothing wrong with being feminine or being a feminine-presenting person. And another interesting thing that I guess I wanted to bring up was like the fact that I think I'm somewhere along the aromantic spectrum, at least when it comes to my attraction to men, in which, like, I don't have much romantic or many romantic feelings or inclinations toward men, but even that's a little confusing or a little more something that I, I need to work out for myself because, like, I hadn't been... Um, involved with a, a another woman um, for three and a half years since my marriage didn't work out. And um, at that point, like, since I had only been engaged with, um, it, with men and, and, not, and not having that romantic connection, um, that's where I was like, maybe I'm aromantic. And then I um, 
I started dating a, a woman and the romantic feelings are there. So all of this to say uh, is that sexuality is a very complicated and amorphous um, aspect of our identities and specifically um, in you know, I can speak to my own experience with um, my identity um, growing along with me. And all of that is bolstered by, um, you know, being non-monogamous. Um, because I've, even though I feel like my dance card is completely full right now, um, dating someone who... Um, is AMAB and someone who is AFAB at the same time, um, they, they complement one another in my life, um, a, like, a lot, and meeting my needs, and realizing and honoring that, like, I can have, um, different needs met by different people. My primary relationship um i consider myself solo poly so um my primary relationship is the one with myself in which i have been doing a lot of work a lot of um growth a lot of how the hell do i love myself um and a lot of patience and grace that I have had to ex extend to myself. So that relationship has been the one that has been um, requiring the most work out of me as of recently. And then the other relationships that I, um, that I alluded to earlier come secondary or even tertiary to like the fact that I'm a, a grad student right now and my life is just work, school, internship, sleep, and lather, rinse, repeat. Like, um, I don't have a lot of time to uh, devote to um, uh, much else. And that's why where, like, I am grateful for the partners that I have and their, uh, their understanding that, like, you can get me one day a week um, because the rest of the time is just so full. Um, but a year and a half from now, I'm going to have a, a new degree and hopefully a new certification as well. Um, and things will kind of calm back down and I can focus on, on other things in my life and move and move on from this this period of chaos really um and one of the um concepts that I've really um embraced and um and have learned a lot from is relationship anarchy um I'm currently I don't want to be in a hierarchical relationship um and I don't believe that the amount of time spent together um, translates to 
like whether or not one relationship is more important or more um more salient than the other others relationship ar- anarchy is cool because you you essentially get to build from the ground up what you want in, in, out of a relationship what aspects are um are going to serve you and the other things that are that may be assumptions that people make that are um that come along with their relationships maybe some of those things don't work for you and you can leave those and it's a very much a pick and choose um and and looking critically at all aspects of your particular relationship that you're trying to cultivate and so that's where um there's a lot of back and forth um between people who are not rela- relationship anarchists who um who are fine with having certain assumptions um be their their reality and out of relationship anarchy i'm able to create my own reality And I mean, if you know me at all personally, you know that I I feel like everything is made up. <laughs> everything is a social construct. And um, so in embracing, like, uh, being intentional about this, this particular social construct or social contract that you're entering, entering into... Um, it, it feels both organic as well as intentional, um, because it, like, relationships take a lot of work, and to find yourself in, um, in multiple relationships, um, where there's interplay in between the dynamics there's um there's things that we have to um navigate like the and it's rooted in this sense of ownership that sometimes um is pervasive in relationships and in in ways that are kind of um nefarious in that we don't even realize that like this person this person is mine and and really the actuality is no they belong to themselves they're just sharing with you certain aspects of their life and that's a a, a big big lesson that i had to learn uh, in a really tough way that um n- like no one that i'm with is is mine they they belong to themselves as i belong to myself and so lastly, we have this opportunity to examine objectively what, um, what are thoughts and what are feelings and what are facts and, um, you know, what is, what is truth and what, what is my truth? Um, what does truth look like? Um, all of these, like, more ph- philosophical questions um, can, 
can have answers. It's just a matter of like having these conversations and in, in, in creating and holding the space for um, these questions to even arise. And that's where, um, again, being really intentional about your relationships, about my relationships, is what has um, worked for me and has worked for me feel, figuring out my own sexuality, um, which is an amorphous thing that um, is a work in progress. But we're all works in progress. So um, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.